Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hello, everybody, and happy holidays. It is the end of 2016, a year that many people don't want to live again. (laughs) It's just one of those crazy years where we lost a lot of celebrities. There was a lot of uh, political and cultural divides um, in the the country. Um, But we are rounding it out with a great show on the Tech Cat Show um, today to talk about uh, the trends happening for 2017 in technology, marketing, and content. And surrounding those trends, of course, is the biggest show of the technology year, globally, really, which is the Consumer Technology Show. And every year towards the end of the year, we try and summarize some of the trends that we think we're going to be seeing on the show floor. And um, this year, I've brought back um, a fabulous guest uh, to the Tech Cat Show, the lovely Jeanette Patty who um, we like to say is a professional tech-splainer um, and what like she likes to say, a propeller-head whisperer, <laughs> who knows how to talk and write about technology in a way that helps everyone understand what's really going on. And so Jeanette is my, my uh, partner at StoryTech and many of the tours and trends and briefings that we do at a variety of trade shows. And so for today's show, we're going to dig into five major trends happening at the Consumer Electronics Show um, in the coming weeks in January and dig into a little bit about um, what's really going on in our world and what the next couple of years are, are going to be presenting to us in terms of technology trends. Say hello to everybody, Jeanette. Hello, everybody. But um, just to set the stage for CES, um, CES basically this year is going to be assembling over 175,000 attendees um, with about 2.4 million square feet of convention floor. And there's going to be about... Yeah, your comfy shoes for sure. Yeah, that's right. And every year um, it expands and grows. This year there's about 3,800 exhibitors and um, 600 startups, which grew from 400 the year before. Um, the show takes over both the Sands Expo and the Las Vegas Convention Center. And so it's days and days of walking. My uh, The steps on my Apple Watch, uh, you know, practically blows up the screen for those couple of days. So what we thought we'd do is jump into the, the trends right away, um, just to sort of set the stage for what's going on. So the first trend that we want to talk about is the IoT, the Internet of Things, hitting adolescence, meaning really getting to prime time. And um, now that wearables um, have sort of leveled off, um, and we know that even Apple couldn't help that with the watch, even though I love my watch, we're sort of moving past what we were calling quantified self into qualified self, meaning that now the data that's being spit off by all these connected devices can't just be data. It has to actually mean something, and consumers are demanding that. So, Jeanette, tell us about that. What do you think about all this madness with IoT? Well, I talk about it in terms of the Internet of getting things done as opposed to just the Internet of things, because... You know, I think there's an upper limit to how much wearable technology people will stomach. Even, I mean, even if it's super cool and super sexy, none of us want to walk around looking like Sputnik. So we really want our devices 
to tell us something meaningful or even do things by themselves. So, like, one example that I give, you know, there's a lot of sort of crazy connected things that you'll see at CES, and one thing is a connected candle. So, in the past, uh, most Internet of Things were really just data collectors. So, you might get a, a text that says, by the way, that candle tipped over and your house is now on fire, which if you're on the other side of town is maybe not so useful. Yeah, that's and, bad. Uh, <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> so this candle, when it senses that it turns over, it first it douses the flame, and then it sends you a text that says, oh, by the way, we, we shut the flame off. But I guess that's, that's just a really graphic example now of the difference, that people are really expecting their devices to either tell them something meaningful, or do things all by themselves. Yeah, and I also, I've, I've seen, because I'm on the press list, I've been getting a lot of emails about connected devices and different IoT solutions, and they do all seem to be a little bit more sophisticated now. Um, you know, like a lot of the connected light bulbs are controllable by apps now, and then they start to give you information back about, hey, it doesn't seem like you're really ever home at this time, so why don't I turn your lights off? And just a lot more lifestyle insights so that these connected solutions just aren't another app on your phone, but are really, um, you know, helping you save money in electricity and helping you... Um, you know, know the best time to wash your clothes and what food you need and all these little basics that will make our life easier. Right. So instead of your dad telling you, are we trying to light the house like a Christmas tree or are we trying to heat the whole outside? It'll just like take care of stuff, which is probably better. Yeah, I, I love that. I love that um, it's all kind of much smarter now because in previous years we saw a lot of wing nuts connected devices um, and I think one of um, the ones that we joked about the most was Belty which was the yeah. uh, you know the belt that was connected and tightened up if you ate too much um, right. you know or all the connected pet devices and I think you and I have also um, read about and seen a number of vertical tech solutions right so this year we're going to see what on the floor again sleep tech what else um, we're going to see Mommy tech, baby tech, uh, sports tech. Mm -hmm. And so there's there's a lot of um, category-specific technology being shown. So in sleep tech will be a number of solutions that, you know, mark ma manage your sleep better either by giving you earplugs that have noise cancellation or a device that sits next to you and has white noise in a different way than ever before or things recording, you know, how you sleep. Um, and then for senior tech, a lot of different devices that go beyond the, you know, help me, I can't get up. You know, I've fallen and I can't get up. Right, right. Um, Actually, I can't remember the name of it right off my off the top of my head, but I know that there is going to be a device in the sleep tech section that they claim will be able to put you to sleep right there on the crowded CES floor. It's some sort of biofeedback device. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm really excited to see it, although... I'm a little concerned about, like, if putting your customers to sleep is what you really want to do at a trade show, but that's definitely <laughs> something I'm interested in checking out. You know, the interesting thing is, though, while the devices are getting smarter, uh, the consumers are not necessarily doing the same thing, and, 
you know, we had an issue with this year where because so many consumers buy these IoT devices and they never change the default password, there was a massive uh, DDoS, that's a denial of service attack, that shut down some of the biggest names on the web like Twitter and Shopify for almost a day because uh, all of these devices are open to people who have malicious intent, and they are connected together in sort of this huge thing called a botnet. So, like, your router and your smart thermostat and your sports watch, all that stuff can present a risk. So I think we're going to be seeing some interesting things with smart hubs and other security devices that are designed to help people uh, not get in that particular kind of trouble. Yeah, that's a great point because security is sort of the the question and privacy are the two questions that anyone asks um, when they see something happening like Mm -hmm. that um, or when they buy anything or bring it into their home. And then I have so many friends who you know, have Nest and have some of the -the off-the-shelf solutions, but never touched it, like never did anything else but just plug it in. Um, And so we're definitely entering a world. And so there are other solutions now coming out, too, where they are devices that are attaching to the hubs, like you said, that are going to provide a lot more um, security. And I think that's a really smart next move in all of this. Um, Now, what about, what about, the phone, what's the role of the phone in all of this? Because certainly our phone has become sort of the driver of all of these IoT devices. Mm-hmm. The phone is going to remain your most important IoT device for the foreseeable future uh, because it remains the main connecting point for all of us. So your phone is an important IoT device in and of itself, and it's also the main hub for most people's connecting devices. So uh, I think that's going to continue to be the case, although we're seeing more and more uh, direct voice control of devices. So instead of using your phone to connect to Nest, for example, you might use Alexa or iHome. Um, and use a voice command, which I know, like, that makes my Trekkie heart happy that I can, like, talk to everything in my house. Um, <laughs> I always remember that scene where Scotty, and I'm dating myself now, but where he picks up the mouse and he tries to talk into it because he can't believe that there's not a voice interface. So I'm really excited about voice interfaces, but I also think we're all going to look a bit odd talking to <laughs> talking to our purses and our chairs and our yeah, who knows right. what, right? Well, we're going to come back in a minute to hit the other trends, but I think the other thing um, that um, you wrote about recently was also connected clothing and um, right. all sorts of fun things happening um, with with that. And who, who's really leading the way there? Well, I think uh, there's a number of things happening. One is that the, the more typical uh, connected devices like smartwatches and such are connecting with big brands. So, you have Fitbit that's done a big deal with Tory Burch, for example, and you're going to see more of that because people are very selective about the designs that they put on their bodies. But we're also seeing smart fabrics where the connectivity is woven into the fabric itself. And some of the sensors are so tiny now that they're indistinguishable from a shirt or jacket bud, uh, button. And I think one of the leaders that we're seeing in this uh, space is Google with their Project Jacquard. Uh, 
and um, they are doing a smart jacket, a sort of deno, denim motocross jacket with Levi's this year. And uh, I think we're going to see more and more of that, where you can actually, like, do a gesture on your sleeve. You might look like you're the third base coach at the World Series, but your jacket will know, <laughs> will connect to your phone and tell you, you know, uh, different um, data from uh, tracking, GPS tracking, to basic answering calls and changing the tunes on your, yeah. On yeah, your uh, MP3 is- player. That stuff is crazy cool. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about some more trends that are happening on the show floor for the upcoming Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas with the fabulous Jeanette DePatty and, of course, the Tech Cat. Back in a moment with more exciting trends for 2017. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you want to learn how to be a better leader, increase your level of business performance, and motivate your team and organization more effectively, listen for Performing at Your Best, Mindset Evolution with Luis Vicente Garcia. Luis Vicente and his guests will share their expertise and enthusiasm in helping you to succeed. It's combining that drive with business skills that will do just that. Tune in live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hello, everybody, and we are back talking with the fabulous Jeanette DePatty from Propellerhead Media and a partner of Storytex as we dive into the trends happening in 2017 um, on the CES floor. And, of course, CES is one of the largest technology um, shows in the world, um, featuring over 3,800 exhibitors and 600 startups. And it really is a chance to understand what's going to be happening in the year to come. And so we're here talking about those trends. The next trend that we wanted to talk about, um, we're calling blurred lines. And this really has to do with the future of content. And of course, you can't swing a dead cat without hearing about virtual reality this year. 
uh, as well as augmented and mixed reality. And there's just been an explosion um, in companies and funding and content in AR and VR, VR this year. And then also live video has been a big trend and the role that influencers are playing. And these are the folks that are creating YouTube content and music videos and Snapchats and how they're impacting our world. So Jeanette, what do you see as some of the biggest biggest things happening in this blurred lines future of content trend? Well, first of all, I think we've seen a real maturation in the UHD space or Ultra HD, uh, which encompasses both 4K, which is high resolution, and HDR, which is high dynamic range, which just means a wider range of colors and levels of brightness. But the net result of these two technologies is that TV just feels so much more real. I mean, you can look at a TV and it almost seems like you're looking out the window. In fact, if if the scene changes really suddenly, your eyes may have to adjust, just like looking at a bright window and then looking in the house. So that's pretty remarkable. There's a blurred line between sort of artificial and real in regular straight-up television. But we're also seeing these alternate reality kinds of products. And, it, and it's helpful to think of it on a spectrum with augmented reality being on one end where it's, uh, if you think about your world with items layered on top of it, like Pokemon Go, it's sort of augmented reality. And then there's mixed reality, which is elements of the real world and the artificial world really integrated together. And you might see that in, say, a HoloLens or a Magic Leap, if that thing ever ships. <laughs> you might see it there. And then there's... <laughs> I mean, that has been the darling of the AR, VR world for how long now? So I know. I mean, um, er- everybody would like that to get a hold of their checkbook is what everybody would like. <laughs> no kidding. Even even a virtual checkbook would make me pretty happy from those guys. And then um, there's VR, which is really a, a wholly artificial world, and you might see that in a uh, gear or um, uh, the HTC Vive. So there's sort of a spectrum there, but the definitions are loose and overlapping and always changing. So that's definitely something to keep in mind as well. But I think we're also seeing a blurring of the lines between different platforms. You know, it really used to be, now I'm watching television, now I'm watching cable, now I'm watching OTT on my computer and or my tablet. And really, customers don't think in those terms anymore. They just think about what shows they want to watch. They don't really care you know, who is providing the show, as long as they can watch it on the device they want, whenever they want, that's what they really care about. Do you think that, um, you know, content creators understand that concept um, and are thinking about that as they go to plan their productions? I think the the smart ones are. I mean, the ones that are going to be content creators still in a year are thinking that way. Because the consumer metrics about it are really clear that consumers don't really have loyalty to a network or a station for the most part. They really have loyalty towards a product, um, a, a content product. So I think we're seeing more and more 
work by companies like Netflix and Hulu to develop original programming that is good enough and strong enough to pull people to their platforms. I think that that's a really good point. I think understanding the distribution of all of these things is the part that nobody talks about. So to your point, how do you watch AR and VR? You know, how are you going to watch mixed reality? And it's great that it's happening and it's available, but how are we actually getting it into the hands of the consumer? And so you can create all these great programs, but where am I going to find it and how am I going to discover it? And so I think discovery is always and distribution are always sort of the last things talked about, but almost the most important. Yeah, I really think that's true. And I've, I've been to a number of these sort of technology and entertainment groups, and they're talking about the, you know, the NIT levels on the TV. And I'm like, let's stop picking NITs and talk about, like, where people are actually going to watch this stuff. Because whether or not, you know, they're like, well, this, factor on the brightness of the television. I'm like, they're not even watching on a TV. They're probably watching on a phone. Um, Speaking of phones, you know, I think this is the big year for AR. Uh, This is the first year that AR has its own pavilion separate from VR on the CES floor. And uh, this is the year that you're going to see AR actually starting to pull ahead of VR in terms of both buzz and financial possibilities. Because AR is not just an entertainment platform. It's a very important entertainment platform, but it's also a commercial platform, an enterprise platform for warehousing and for repairing things and for medicine. But the other key component that I think we're seeing is that there are a number of new phones capable of doing really exciting things in AR. Lenovo has a new phone out that's got the Google Tango AR operating system integrated with it for under 500 bucks. And if we look at the success of AR starting to emerge, it's really sort of an AR-like experience or AR-like, you might call it. You know, there's sort of Pokemon Go, which is it's, it's augmented reality, but on a very limited scale. And the Snaps the Snap Specs, or the Spectacles, I'm sorry, that are from uh, Snap, formerly known as Snapchat. And uh, those aren't really an AR experience at all, but they've still done a lot to drive the buzz around AR because I think the accessibility of this content, the accessibility of these devices, both in terms of where you can buy them and how much you have to pay, is a pretty important driver. Not everybody is ready to go out and spend $3,000 on a HoloLens setup. So, I think that that's a, a really good point as well. And I think most people have heard of Pokemon because it was such a big press press thing, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they know what they're supposed to do with it, right? You know. Um, now, well, what about um, a, another... Um, Another trend around all of this stuff, um, and that is, you know, what is going to happen to, say, cable television in this world? You know, is it still going to have a role? Or do we do we honestly feel that the Netflix is the Amazons and all these guys will kind of take over? I think ultimately they will take over, but I think that that exchange is going to take a while. I mean, cable is fairly well entrenched, and when you move outside of the millennials, uh, the cable cutting has kind of slowed down. It's not 
it's not a huge trend among baby boomers, for example. Uh, but it's easy to see with this new content, very high-quality premium content coming online with the OTG providers, that more and more people are going to move that way. But I think cable is going to be with us for at least another decade. Yeah, it's just so curious because you you know how so many people um, have basically decided not to, um, you know, not to up their cable packages and cutting the cord and all of that, but less to be, less to be, you know, millennial-like and more because actually they just found themselves watching all of that other content more. Yeah, and cable's expensive. I mean, that's just a fact of life. One of the only things that I think is saving cable is the fact that a lot of times the broadband connection in the home is bundled with the cable service. So that bundle has kept cable alive. I think when people have more and more alternatives for inexpensive, wide bandwidth broadband um, outside of the cable companies, I think that the cable companies are going to take quite a hit. Thank you. <coughs> Sorry, I was having one of those moments <laughs> of uh, <coughs> a little of the, the, the throat going down. Um, now, before we jump into into our next trend, too, the other thing that I think a lot of people are trying to understand is how will AR and VR play into content outside of entertainment? So do you think that there's a role for AR and VR in business? Uh, well, AR has a lot stronger role, I think, than VR. VR is good as a visualization tool, say, um, in medicine. It's being used a lot by doctors to visualize surgeries. And it's also being used as a sort of calming tool to help people pre-surgery to relax before the procedure. But as far as being a new computing interface, I think AR is much stronger because it, it allows you to keep a view of the wider world around you, and also to physically, socially be present with people next to you. So you can be repairing a device, for instance, a refrigerator, and you can have an overlay of the specs um, and even have a video window from a master repair person if you get stuck while you're doing the repairs without having to, you know, open a manual or get on a video chat. So I think those kinds of applications are going to become really ubiquitous over the next, uh, you know, five years. So let's jump into our next trend. Um, We'll just announce and then we're going to take a quick break. But the next trend is called Working the Crowd. Um, And this is just really basically about the role that the crowd had this year and moving forward um, in creating new products and um, designating sort of huge cultural um, shifts um, in how we move through things um, so that things like crowdfunding, and we're going to talk about blockchain, and you can also just look at what happened with the election and all of the different things that were really driven by the number of Twitter followers you had. So when we come back on the Tech Cat Show, we're going to dig into more trends at the Consumer Electronics Show, specifically talking about the power of the crowd with the fabulous Jeanette Patty and our two colds. Back soon. <laughs> When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. And we are back on the fabulous Tech Cat Show, working the trends for the Consumer Electronics Show 2017. So the next trend we're going to jump into with the fabulous Jeanette DePatty of Propellerhead Media and a fabulous story tech partner is called Working the Crowd. And this has, again, all to do with the fact that the crowd now, as a mass, as an entity, actually is directing a lot of product manufacturing, a lot of cultural trends, a lot of business trends. So what are some of the crowd trends, Jeanette, that's really bubbling up in our world? Well, I think one thing that we're seeing is that uh, crowdfunding has taken a big step forward. Um, We're seeing some of the regulations that were sort of holding crowdfunding back have gone away. And so now you're seeing real estate transactions being done by crowdfunding, and you're seeing crowdfunding uh, being used for smaller uh, technical, technological startups. And it's anticipated that this year crowdfunding will surpass angel funding for, um, for funding new products. So I think we're seeing a lot of movements there. We're also seeing a lot of movement towards live entertainment. Uh, there's a sort of sense of authenticity that comes with live entertainment that I think helps with some of the fatigue around the sort of advertising influencer-driven content that we've seen on Facebook and YouTube. There's some fatigue around that. So I think live helps to create a more transparent and potentially authentic experience, so people are tuning in a lot to live uh, content, and Facebook's putting an enormous amount of money into their live platform, both in terms of paying, I think, over $50 million to some of the top influencers to massive television and billboard campaigns that I've been seeing everywhere. So, uh, and I think another big thing that we're seeing is the blockchain uh, blockchain is just a fancy way of talking about a distributed kind of computing. So instead of having like one central database where everything is, it's um, sort of shared all around, and it makes computing more transparent. And uh, that's really important, I think, to millennials. I think you should talk a little bit to that issue, Lori. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of these products, uh, blockchain, all these behaviors are bubbling up because millennials demand more transparency. And so it's not just a huggy, touchy feeling. It's actually how they deal in business. And so they want to understand when I buy something, 
where is that money going and how am I getting that thing and what are all the pieces and parts of the movement of that. And so they're going to be drifting towards solutions that are extremely transparent. And what's happening because of that is we're actually getting to better solutions because, um, you know, things stayed the same for a long time in the exchange of, of money, right? We haven't seen evolution or change since Bitcoin, since um, cryptocurrency um, in, in, in money exchange. So what, what millennials are really doing is driving a unique approach so that there's transparency in movement and flow of the economy. And I think that's huge. And I think we're talking about it right now in this small sort of trend way. But I think that you're almost going to be witnessing a revolution in how our economy works. Mm-hmm. If that if that makes sense. <clears throat> if that makes sense. And the other thing that um, I think is interesting about the crowd is, you know, for a couple of years now, we've been talking about influencers um, who are the YouTube um, folks and the Snapchatters and the Twitterers that have amassed large followings. And we started to see advertisers hiring them to get access to their audience. But now it seems to me like influencers are regular people who are jumping on to platforms and creating this like massive audience that is now directing, you know, who you vote for and what you buy and how you see things, not just because of an individual who created great content, but just because of an idea got caught on, whether it's fake news or a bot or whatever it is. But it's so powerful when you start to see the numbers of people on these platforms at once that in itself dictates action. Right. I think that's really true. And and I think, you know, authenticity and transparency are going to be two really big words for this year. I think not, I mean, we're seeing particular interest among millennials, but I think all customers are really becoming more and more jaded about market speak and about all the data that's being collected about them. And they really want evidence that the, promises that these companies are making are true. And I think that more and more technology is going to have to reveal this truth as opposed to being used to obscure that truth. Excellent point. Now let's jump to another trend, and this one is called the ups and downs of autonomy. And um, we all know from the buzz that autonomous vehicles and uh, um, cars that drive themselves, vehicles that drive themselves, has been uh, very hyped this year with Tesla and Uber and all sorts of other players jumping in to really transform mobility in our country. But autonomy also speaks to other things, right? It speaks to Uh, drones delivering packages to you. It speaks to smaller uh, motorized devices that are going to get people around. And it's also impacting culture um, and how we think about things. So, Jeanette, Mm -hmm. maybe you could talk a little bit about, you know, the on-demanding economy. Well, I think one of the things that we're seeing is that there are a couple of key technologies that are ripening at the same time, right? So we have sensor technology, which we talked about in terms of the connected clothing. And we're also seeing cloud technology that allows access, rapid access to massive amounts of data. And we're seeing uh, deep learning and AI where machines are learning how to run themselves and they're learning from experience. And we're seeing all of these things come together in a way that makes this autonomous equipment 
function. So I think one of the things that, as at least in the U.S. economy, we are becoming more and more accustomed to just instant gratification. We want what we want when we want it. And, it, and that's true in entertainment, but that's also true in things like Amazon Prime. You know, we, we want to get it in two hours. And in order for that to happen, this kind of automatic AI type of equipment is necessary, both from the standpoint of warehousing and instantly getting access to the uh, inventory that you need, and also from the standpoint of delivery. And I think the, the question of Amazon delivery drones, it's, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. So I think that customers are just demanding that they get things when they want them, and they're not as interested in owning things. I think we're seeing especially more interest in sharing expensive equipment like cars or even bicycles. We're seeing uh, bike sharing. And I think that is a trend that's going to continue because it costs a lot to live in our world. We don't use our cars very much of the time. And younger people are less attuned to sort of a car culture. So I think we're going to see that trend continue. Yeah, I love that. And this ongoing discussion of, um, you know, how um, all of this is going to come together, how it's all surging to come together, again, is going to have tremendous cultural impact. And I, I'm seeing it happen already with how I managed Christmas, right? And that I just had this <laughs> expectation that out of the blue, if I decided to get something extra for my kid, it was going to show up the next day. And I remember being pissed off that you know, I got a message that's saying may not be delivered till after Christmas. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm giving you 24 hours, so you better send that thing. And then, you know, also the fact that I now have a lot of colleagues um, in Los Angeles that aren't buying a second car because they're, one, right. anticipating something changing in how we move ourselves around, but also that the, you know, the other... Um, spouse is probably relying more on Uber or Lyft or some of these other solutions. So we're really right. seeing, you know, cultural changes, I think, this year that are being impacted by these trends more than ever before. Not just like new stuff coming into the house that's doing things, but we're really seeing a change in how we live our lives. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you go out to CES this year, I understand that you can sign up for an autonomous uh, ride on the autonomous sort of driving course. So that's something I'd get in line for if I was going to, well, I'm going to see yes, but I'll be pretty busy. <laughs> You're going to be busy, yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. you, you can't but, um, sign mean, up for anything. Jeanette's not allowed yeah. to leave the room that I have trapped her in. Um, <laughs> yeah, there are actually, they've dedicated a whole section of um, the LVCC outdoor area to, like I think it's called the Golden Lot or something, that is completely dedicated to test drives. Um, and we're also going to be seeing a lot of apps and APIs being announced around this as well. And I think you and I also were on a call with the folks at CTA who are telling us that they're going to be different vendors um, in the North Hall where all the um, automotive um, and vehicles usually display whatever they have going on. And now we're going to see a lot of graphic cards vendors and a lot of sensor yeah. vendors and a lot of the technology companies that are powering all of this are all of a sudden going to be displaying in the vehicle area that you would have thought would have been in the TV set area. 
Right. NVIDIA is a big player in that space. That's usually a graphics card company that we're going to see in the auto company zone. And I think they said that the auto section of CES by itself would be like one of the top ten trade shows in the world, just the auto part. Yeah, it's 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 qualified. kind of a mind it's a mind blow. I mean, what that area has transformed uh, transformed from in just four years from going from a pimp up your car sort of room to really sort of the future of transportation mobility and also a new content channel because if you're not driving and you're on a 30 or 45 minute commute and you're sitting in either an uber a lyft or an autonomous vehicle that's a content opportunity that's a location-based solution opportunity i can be having messages and content delivered to me I can be talking over voice, over IP. I, there's a lot of things that can happen now in those 30 to 45 minutes that couldn't happen before because I was driving. Yeah, and I think even before we get to a sort of full 4.0, no brake pedals, no uh, steering wheel level of autonomous driving, I think AI is going to be able to come into that space because I think we're already seeing a sort of level of AI in that windshields have integrated displays now, which warn you about things. And I think that's going to get beefed up to the point where I think you're going to see some computing opportunities on your windshield of your car. That's fascinating. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm so sorry, everybody. So we're going to be back in a moment and talk about the last trend, which I think is one that actually um, is part of all the other trends that we've already talked about. Um, and that is our trend called the rise of Skynet part one or human 2.0. And we say part one because we know there's a lot more to come, but this is the role that artificial intelligence is going to play in all of this. And certainly many of the trends that we talked about involve AI already. So when we come back on the Tech Cat Show, we're gonna dig into our future um, with AI, the fabulous Jeanette DePatty, and open the door, Hal. Open the door. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we are back for our last segment on the Tech Cat Show, a special show dedicated to the Consumer Electronics Show and trends that we are seeing at the show put together by StoryTech, which is my company, and I have my partner here, Jeanette Tapati from Propellerhead Media, who does a lot of work with StoryTech, and we always uh, break down these shows with trends to help everyone wrap their heads around what's going on. So the last trend we wanted to talk about was the rise of Skynet, or Human 2.0, which is really focused on AI. So Jeanette, how would you actually define AI? AI is a sort of blanket term for artificial intelligence, uh, which encompasses different things like machine learning and data analysis and, and different other technologies. But the basic idea is that computers and machines are able to learn from data and experience. Right, and it's it's part of this larger trend that's been happening for the last couple of years with pervasive computing or ubiquitous computing, where everything right. is kind of all, all, always on, everyday objects are connected, it's the IoT, but then it's this intelligence that these connected devices learn over time and change what they do because of that knowledge. And that's why the, it's, it's artificial intelligence. So we have kind of a lot of things going on in AI. One is the business side of AI. What do you think happening there, Jeanette? Well, I think we're seeing a lot of the sort of repetitive and basic tasks of marketing and other business ventures being handled by AI. I think in the past, the big news was big data, right? We're collecting so much information. And now I really think that it's about making sense of that data and providing basic solutions for companies based on that data. So I think AI is really moving forward in that direction. Yeah, it's pretty um, It's pretty exciting what it's doing for businesses, right? It's getting rid of the repetitive stuff that companies had to hire, you know, lower end, um, not lower end, but just um, younger, more experienced staff to handle. Now you can have a bot handle it. And, um, you know, and a bot, of course, meaning a little program piece of software that acts like a human being. And then AI at home, especially has played a big role in my house with, with Amazon Alexa, um, which is a voice-activated personal assistant. And, of course, Google launched Home, and we're going to see a lot of different, I think, um, personal assistants and virtual assistants on the show floor at CES. One of the things that we started to see bubble up last year was Amazon Alexa being embedded in other solutions. And so this year, I think we're going to see a lot of that, right? Do you predict that it'll be showing up everywhere, Jeanette? I think it'll be showing up everywhere. I think that the market is consolidating, but you still have a couple of main competitors in uh, Apple, Google, and Amazon, I think, are the big players there. And um, I don't know that there's a clear winner yet. They each have their... Uh, advantages and drawbacks, but Amazon has certainly come on strong by adding the music streaming service to the mix. Uh, that's been a big push for them as well. 
But I think one of the things that we're seeing that's really interesting is that, so we have this AI that is in these virtual assistants, right, which is basically a speaker box. That might look fancy, but it's a speaker box in your house. But we're also seeing AI being integrated into robotics, which, you know, we've come a long way from the rolling vacuum cleaners, right? The Roomba is, is pretty cool, but we're, the new robots are a lot more likely to look like Rosie from the Jetsons or Roby the Robot than a rolling device. So these things really have a lot of intelligence built in, and they can recognize if you belong in that house or if you're an intruder or mother-in-law alert, mother-in-law alert, or <laughs> um, it helps watch the kids and manage the dog. And so these things are rolling around, and they're really almost like a member of the family. It's really interesting to me. Yeah, I think um, I think it's going to be fascinating also to see what other players kind of come out of that that aren't those big three, and then what innovations come um, out of those players, you know, because um, some t- sometimes there's little jewels that we'll discover on the show floor that are based on the bigger players, but they're the ones that are actually doing really interesting things. Here, here's just some AI facts um, that we talk about in our paper. Um, first of all, AI bots will power about 85% of consumer service interactions by 2020. Um, we're also going to basically, um, to your point, Jeanette, the big players, including IBM, and Microsoft are going to host about 60% of all the AI platforms. Um, and then we're, we're, we're Gardner's looking at about 6 billion connected things that will be requesting support from AI platforms by 2018. So that's only two years away um, mm-hmm. from all this madness. Now, when we talk about AI, um, and you kind of briefly mentioned it earlier, we're talking about, in some ways, the manifestation of AI and some sort of personification, which is a robot. And robots have played a big role on the CES floor, mostly as either the really cool booth that everybody went to, but it wasn't really ready for prime time. The one that was ready for prime time were the little vacuum cleaners, right? The Roombas. Right. But we're gonna we're gonna see a lot more this year in terms of robots, right, Jeanette, that are that are more than just a vacuum cleaner? I think so. I think you're gonna see a lot of that in the home. And uh, I think that they're really gonna interact with all members of the family. So the kids will play with it. You know, mom will use it to see when the kids get home from school. I really think it's going to be almost like another family member in some cases. Yeah, and you were saying, um, at least in our paper we wrote about, um, and this would have helped a lot when I was a kid, that you come home and you check in and then it pings your, the parents that the child has come in. And you can yeah. actually see on the on the video camera on the robot that the child is home. And I, I saw certainly at CES Asia in May a lot of robots being used for autistic kids and kids that had some learning disabilities. It seems that the simplification of the robot's interface and communication is something that was is able to connect with certain types of learning disabilities. So that's kind of interesting too. What will happen in that space? Well, I think that sort of speaks to the augmented humanity part of this, which is that we're actually seeing these devices make humans better. So we're seeing these devices interpreting your running gait and making suggestions for how to do that better. Or we're seeing robotic arms that help you lift hundreds of pounds or prosthetic limbs that allow you to actually have a sensation 
of touch, even though you don't have a hand or an arm anymore. So it's amazing what these technologies are doing. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of blown away by it, too. Now, we did see a lot of um, sort of the evil side of AI <laughs> yes, in the did. election in the election this year with fake news. So how does fake news and AI come together? Like, what, what does fake news have to do with AI? Well, a lot of the algorithms... Oh, uh, a lot of the algorithms that are used in social networking are built on a form of AI which determines what is likely to get people to click on something or clickbait. And I think this year we've seen a lot of bots integrated into political communications, and those bots are optimized not necessarily based on the truth, but based on what's going to get the most clicks. And so we've seen... Uh, a recent study by Oxford University determined that one-third of all pro-Trump quotes and, and one-fifth of all pro-Clinton uh, tweets in the election were actually generated by these bots, by these AI. That's crazy. You know, and it's really kind of scary how much impact these bots have on our lives now. Yeah, and how they determine, <laughs> excuse me, a lot of the, um, a lot of that momentum that we were talking about uh, from the crowd um, that we we all experience. So we're getting to the end of the show to wrap up these trends. So just to reiterate them, um, we we started off with the first trend, which is IoT hits adolescence. Then the second trend was blurred lines, which is really about the future of content. The third trend was working the crowd, the power of the crowd now. The fourth trend was the ups and downs of autonomy and what's going on in the future of mobility. And then, of course, the last trend, the rise of Skynet. So StoryTech's going to be on the show floor giving tours at the Consumer Electronics Show. Um, Jeanette, it's been so great to talk to you and dive into all of these fabulous trends. Um, I'm so excited to be able to hang out with you in Vegas as well. <laughs> Me too. My pleasure. And we'll get well then as well. We won't be coughing as much. But um, if you haven't ever gone to CES, try and make it. It's January uh, 4th through 7th, I believe, or 5th through uh, 7th um, in Las Vegas at the LVCC and at the Sands Expo. And StoryTech will be there in bright colors. Um, thank you so much for joining the Tech Cat Show and the fabulous Jeanette DePatty, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much. <laughs> Have a great new year. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 